This is Cammie. And this is Madeline. And you're listening to the Communities That Convert podcast. Episode number 34. Did you know that the internet is real life? What? You mean that there are really people out there? There are. Oh. Welcome to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza. In this podcast, you will learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. You will hear tips, ideas, and advice you can use right now on how to grow your own community and provide value that inspires them to take action. Are you ready to get started? This episode is brought to you by the Communities That Convert Facebook group. Come join us in our private group because it's the place where we continue the conversation from here. All you have to do is go to Facebook and look up Communities That Convert and look for the groups, or you can go directly there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Communities That Convert. And be sure to use our secret word, action. Yeah, action. Last episode, number 33, we talked about how you can promote your business without being spammy. In this episode, we're going to take that a step further and talk about how you can build an offline community with your online friends. That's right. We came up with a few scenarios where it was definitely better when you take it out of the real world and how you can use social media to build those relationships. Awesome. So let's get started. The first one that we thought of is while attending a conference. I think this is the one we think of the most, right? How you can use social media with offline and online. And one of the things that I always recommend, which sounds, you know, totally obvious, is to use the hashtag while attending a conference. But it surprises me every time how many people just don't do that. Right? I know. I'm always amazed because what a great way to connect with people that are right there with you. You can actually spark up great friendships while you're sitting there live tweeting at a conference. It's also a great way to be seen as an industry leader because people are going to be paying close attention to a hashtag during a conference and all eyes will be on those that are doing the tweeting. Like for instance, Cammie, when we're at social media breakfast every month, it seems like there's always a small group of people that do all the tweeting. And I look at them as like the experts or maybe not always the experts, like the experts there or the the top people there, the ones that are like doing all the communicating and making us feel welcome and sharing great insights. And I think very highly of them. Yeah, me too. And of course, you know, I, I really appreciate that too, because I'm up and speaking most of the time and doing moderating. So I can't really be the one that's doing all the tweeting. So it's great. But do you re- actually have to be at the event to use the hashtag? Not at all. You know, I think sometimes people don't realize that, hey, If you cannot attend a conference or an event, hop on the hashtag at the time of the event and use that as a way to connect with people. Number one, people will think you're there. And it's kind of weird at first because they're sometimes, you know, friends will be there and they're like, hey, I didn't know you were here. Where are you? And it's like, wait, 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 I'm not really there in person. You know, I'm, I'm at my home office working away and I thought I'd pop in and chat with you all and see what's going on. But I find it, Kimmy, to be a great way to gather information, to connect with the people that are there, even connect with the speakers. I mean, the speakers are going to be on there with the hashtag when they're not speaking. 
There's been conferences I have not been able to attend for whatever reason, always a variety of reasons, but I was connecting with speakers at that, those particular events. And what a neat way to, to connect with a variety of people by hopping on the hashtag. No, I totally agree. And if you are there and you're sitting in a speaker session and say it's a speaker that you would have really liked to meet, you know, at the end of every session, people just rush up to the front of the stage and they try to meet the speaker. What instead, if you sat and you did a really, really good job of covering their session, took pictures, really caught the essence of what they were trying to say and retweeted it back out into the hashtag. At the end of that, they're going to go back through most speakers and see what people said about them. It's just kind of a thing. I mean, I'm a speaker, you're a speaker. Tell me, do you go back and check what people said about you afterwards? Absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought this up because here's a great example of this. Uh, When I spoke at Social Media Marketing World recently, there was this girl on the front row. Her name is Christine Gritman. And I had met her on Instagram prior to the conference. I didn't really know her very well. Well, she was so excited to see me speak and talk about Twitter that she sat on the front row. She kept taking tons of pictures so that after I was done speaking and I got on Twitter that night, there were so many photos of me, Cami. She actually tweeted just about everything I said. It was so cool. So it really like bonded us. And so now I like viewer as a colleague and a friend. Right. And so that really does help to kind of bring you up to a certain level that you wouldn't be able to get to otherwise with these speakers. Also, identifying ahead of time who you want to connect with at the conference and who you want to meet. Most conferences have a speakers list and also sometimes an attendee list. So you want to look at those lists and see who is there that you want to meet. Plus, people start using the hashtag before the conferences. So looking at that hashtag about a week ahead and all the way through the conference and afterward really just going to help you to make a list of people that you might be really interested in meeting. And you can put them into a Twitter list, as you know, Um, you could quickly do that to organize them and follow that list as you go through the conference to see what they're up to the whole time that they're there. And one of the other things I like to do, Kami, is set up a Twitter list of people I want to connect with during the conference. So like, for instance, prior to Social Media Marketing World, as I was tweeting with people that I knew were going to be there, I would add them to a Twitter list and call it you know, who I want to connect with and at the conference. And like, I made sure that those are people that I, like, I wanted to remember they were going to be there. And so this was a way for me to have a list dedicated for those people I wanted to meet up with. That's a really great idea. And I, I do think that a little bit of planning ahead, and it doesn't need to take tons and tons of time, really will help you to make the most of the time that you're going to spend during these conferences. So month to month, I mean, you talked about social media breakfast. You may go to a number of networking events or gatherings, meetings, and you want to find out in your local area if those meetings have a hashtag. And if you're the person organizing them, make sure you put together a hashtag for that so that people can connect with each other. It really is such a great networking tool. Um, And if you do go to a meeting on a regular basis that doesn't have a hashtag, maybe you should suggest one to the organizers or suggest that you use one during that time. Because I know that for social media breakfast, obviously we have one and that is so important for our group to connect with each other. People just start to, you know, use it in the morning and say, who's coming and are you coming and so forth. And then when you're there, people tend to use it while they're sitting in the room with each other to connect with each other. So I do find that having 
a hashtag that you use for a monthly gathering and that can work on Instagram and on Twitter. Also inside of the group, if you have or inside of your pages, your Facebook pages, or if you have a Facebook group that you would start a thread there for people that are coming to start talking to each other. So for me, it's always for social media breakfast. It's always the event page that I create. You know, people say, are you coming? You know, and people ask questions like, does this cost any money? And how do I register? And a lot of times the community answers all those questions for me, you know, because they just jump right in and answer right away, which is nice because then, you know, I'm not having to do all the work myself, which is nice. That's super great. And, you know, I thought you mentioned something really interesting when you're talking about like checking with event organizers to see, you know, what is the official hashtag and event or conference is really important these days for there to be one official hashtag. Because if you're an organizer and you have not done this, people are going to go crazy and there's going to end up being like 10 or 20 different hashtags being used. And it gets really confusing. I can remember years ago, there was a conference I used to go to called Folk Alliance and they were not very tech savvy. And so I was working with them to, you know, like, Hey, let's have one hashtag that we'll have everybody use and do this every year because I was doing some research and like there was like 10 different hashtags being used the previous year. And if you want to go back and look at what was being said, what was being talked about, not very good. So I think it's really important for organizers to always have a hashtag and make sure everybody knows about it, you know, promote it constantly, because that will help bring people together for sure. Right. And definitely research it ahead of time too. make sure not a lot of people are using that hashtag that are kind of irrelevant or extraneous to what you're doing. And it's easy to research it. You just open Twitter, type in the hashtag, and you'll see if people are using it right away. You'll know. So that's really important. And then also you can use that hashtag to connect with attendees between events on social media. So that's another way that I've seen hashtags used pretty effectively between events to be able to kind of say, hey, you know, I went there and you went there and this is where we met. Here's the hashtag. Also, inside of special Facebook or LinkedIn groups or things like that, that are set up specially for these types of networking groups, sometimes work really well too, where people can really connect between events and learn more from each other and really grow a community because community is something that doesn't just happen because a couple people get together. It comes over time with trust as people start to, you know, look to each other for advice and a bunch of other things like that. So that camaraderie really can build if you build places for it to happen. That makes sense. So along with networking groups, you know, another really important community is actually the people that you work with. And a lot of times we don't think about connecting with the people we work with on social media. In fact, maybe sometimes we avoid it. (laughs) You know, we don't want our boss following us on Facebook or something crazy like that. But one of the things that I found really works well, especially in bigger organizations, is whenever you highlight great workers. So some hospital systems that I've worked for, for example, might take a comment card where a patient or somebody like that said something really nice about a worker and will put their photo up with a nice little testimonial. And it's good advertising, I guess you could say, for the hospital, but it's also great recognition for that employee that they were such a great you know, helper to that patient. You can do that as well with your company, whether you're a hospital or not. Maybe, you know, you had a service person. I just had somebody in my house today. Actually, this was really interesting that they were putting in, he's a plumber, and they sent me a text right before the plumber came and said, meet your service technician. And I clicked on the text and it took me to a web page where it had 
all these service reviews of the guy, like his five-star reviews and the nice things that other customers had said about this particular employee. I thought that was really cool. I was like, what a great use of social media in some ways and social proof to show me the guy who's about to come in my house is trustworthy. So there's some really great ways that you can do that. Another thing that people use a lot is a Slack channel. And if you don't know what Slack is, it's basically like a group texting sort of messaging service. And a lot of people are using Slack to connect with their employees and outside of that to build bigger communities. In fact, we're going to have Jenny Dietrich come on in a couple of episodes to talk a little bit about how she's using it around her blog. But I think it's great for companies as well, because you can quickly share information and get things across quickly. And it's not an open social media channel, but it definitely is a more public way to do that and to create community within your team. And finally, really planning events and going out together and highlighting those events in Instagram or Facebook, putting together a story about your team going out for a team building exercise or doing a ropes course or going to a movie or doing something fun. Because I think people like to see a company that has heart, that has people in it, that have people that they can relate with. Just like I can now relate with my plumbing contractor today. I think those kinds of things are really, really important to use social media to do. I love that with the plumber. I think that is super smart. Whoever's doing that, they're onto a new trend for sure. I definitely want to mention Slack. I love Slack. I didn't like it initially, mostly because I didn't understand it. But uh, I will say is great for small teams. And I use it with some of the teams I'm on for projects I do uh, for my business. But I also have it set up for my own team. And my team is made up of people all across the globe. And because we're all in different time zones, I have found this to be a great way where while we can connect in real time through there, and it's pro- we have it set up to be private, we can also leave messages and pick up with it when we are able to based on the time differences. And I like it because there's a lot of capabilities. And if you're using it on a small scale like I am, it's free. And uh, that makes it very attractive. So I think it's great with working with teams. Let's also talk about cultural and sporting events. You know, when it comes to using a hashtag and, and, you know, having, you know, there's events everywhere, right? Like, gosh, you know, if you're in a big city like we are, we're in Houston, there are always cultural events going on. There's always big sporting events and using the hashtag associated with it is such a great way to connect and build community, don't you think? I totally think so. And I mean, you know, that's one of the things that I think is surprising that you can actually meet people that have like-minded interests to you. And, you know, it's not always about business all the time, right? It's also about personal connections. And sometimes these people are going to be people that you end up doing business with, truly. But that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to really build the relationships with people out there And it's a good place to practice this as well. So that when you do go to a conference, you're much more conversational. You understand that. So cultural events, we talked about um, Cheval, John, who does that a lot here in Houston. He goes to sporting events and he tags media. You can tag people and bring them to the event with you, you know, in real time. So like you say, I'm seeing this really cool thing happening and it made me think of you and tag them in. Those are really cool things that you can do during these kinds of events. And That brings me to television programming because that's the same thing. The second screen idea where we watch television with our screens in our hands. And can can you talk a little bit about 
that because you had a really good example for that. Well, I have to say, Kimmy, I've been a huge fan of second screen. Let me tell you, I can think back, I kid you not, six years ago, there was a TV show on Bravo, something with artists. I don't remember the name of it. I just remember when this was. And I clearly remember six years ago. And I remember watching the TV show with my phone in my hand, my iPhone in my hand with Twitter open and chatting with people in real time. You know, now is such a common thing. You know, you go look at your trending hashtags and your favorite TV show. Everybody like, you know, this is us is a great example. Hashtag this is us. Everybody, I, when I'm working at night, Cammy, I know when this is us is on because I see it trending number one or number two with the hashtags. But I remember having my phone open and tweeting, live tweeting with people in real time, talking about the show as it's happening in real time. And it's interesting how six years ago that was becoming a thing and a trend, right? And here we are today where it is so common for us to have what we call the second screen. And I tell you something that's really cool. I'm a big fan of Marcus Limones. He has a TV show on CNBC called The Prophet. It's kind of like a Shark Tank type of show, but out in the world with these businesses, helping them hands-on. And I tell you what's really cool. What Marcus does is when the show is on live, he will hop on Facebook and seriously do a Facebook Live during every commercial break. And I'm in the same time zone as him because he's in Chicago. So most times, so he's in Central. So I know if I watch the TV show live and it just, you know, if it just based on your time zone, you're watching it live. If you go to his Facebook, you can like chat with him in there and like, like he'll say, so what did you think about what just happened? What are your thoughts? You know, here's what I thought. And he reads the comments and it's super cool. And he has really grown this. He did this last season and he's doing it again this season. I think that's super smart. I think that is a neat way to take advantage of while you're watching a TV program. I mean, do you remember how Twitter a few years ago had the NFL Thursday night football? And what you could do was like, I have Apple TV. So you could have your Apple TV on, watch it. And on the side of the screen, it showed tweets. And you could just sit there and watch them on the screen, but then grab your phone. If you wanted to connect, you had to get on your phone and actually tweet them. But it was super cool watching that, Kimmy. It was the neatest thing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm sure I'm sure that Marcus Limonis, his advertisers don't like that very much. <laughs> <the commercials>. but, <laughs> probably not. Um, probably one of my most all-time highest retweeted tweet was during The Voice when we were trying to get somebody to win. Because, you know, on The Voice at the end of each segment at a certain point in the game, they have like who gets the person who goes forward is the one who gets the most retweets and tweets. And so one of my most retweeted tweets ever came from like, you know, save, I forget who it was, but save some so-and-so for the voice. And so that that's really cool. The other thing that I think is really interesting is whenever you can connect with the cast. So now a lot of these casts are on Twitter and Instagram and other places. And you can actually connect with them sometimes. Um, re- a really good example happened with this boy recently who did a uh, Stranger Things birthday party theme and he invited his classmates and nobody showed up. So his sister was pretty mad about that and she tweeted about it and she said something about the Stranger Things and theme and they caught that and they started saying, I would come to your birthday party. So a couple of the cast mem- members jumped in and tried to make the kid feel better. And he did. He had this really great smile on his face. And of course, then it went viral. And, 
the media picked it up and you know how that goes. But anyway, so you can sometimes connect with some of these bigger people, especially on Twitter. Twitter is so easy to connect with people, so much easier than other places. The other thing I wanted to say, and this is something I've done before, is if you're watching a show on a regular basis and from week to week you come on, you're going to sometimes see the same people over and over and you may connect with them. I suggest making a Twitter list of the people that you watch a show with. And then every single time you sit down, like say, this is us. There's a lot of people tweeting about this is us. It's trending. But if you ever have a connection with somebody, put them in a list. And then the next week, tweet them and say, hey, I'm here with my popcorn watching this is us. Where are you? Where are you? So you can build like little micro communities inside of these show watching experiences. So, you know, it's a great way to sort of learn about how to do this kind of connection. So I don't know, I would suggest that people try that. And I, I will tell you that it has been a really fun time for me. I mean, it sounds like it has been for you too. Absolutely. So what's our action item this week? Watch well, TV? I, I do want to mention, uh, yeah, go watch TV. I do want to mention, we'll have links to, you know, that article you mentioned uh, about the Stranger Things cast in the show notes. Also make sure we have a link to Marcus Lamona's Facebook so you can actually go see. He, he's been doing a bunch of Facebook lives right now because apparently he's taping the new season and it won't come out till the summer, but he's on there like, and he did this last season too, like, you know, like a year ago, he was like, randomly, I remember he like last year, hey, I'm at this chocolate, this Zoe's chocolate company, go to their website right now and tell me what do you think? Because I think their website sucks. And they don't believe me. And so maybe you can go try it out and see, maybe we'll break it. You know, like, so wild, like you're part of his business right now for those few minutes, you're on Facebook Live with them. So it's really neat. You'll see some cool stuff over there. So we'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, Kimmy, do we want the call to action be, hey, go watch TV? <laughs> oh, I, I love it. Let's go and like, you know, binge watch Netflix or something like that. Stranger Things, you know, let's go well, binge watch. I tell watch you Stranger what, Things. I've noticed the This Is Us cast, if you go to the hashtag when the show is on live, I've seen this, the cast members get on there and they, they tweet the day of and they'll tweet throughout the day, like, hey, getting ready to watch the show tonight. But they will also tweet at the beginning and sometimes throughout. And it is really cool because that is a show where you can really connect with the characters and to like actually be live tweeting them is pretty so amazing. Cool. I actually yeah. really like that show. But anyway, so um, that being said, I cry every time I'm admitting it. It's a good it. show. Okay, it's a good show. Anyway, so no, that's not going to be our action item, of course. I mean, watching television is awesome. You could but if you want. You could, but what we really want you to do is that we want you to look for the next upcoming event that you either are going to attend or what you really wish you could go to and want to go to. Find out what the hashtag is and make sure you interact in one of the ways we mentioned above. So, you know, either, you know, through talking to people or live tweeting or finding places where those crowds are gathering beforehand if, there, if there's a private group. Certainly for Social Media Breakfast, you can look at SMBHOU on the second Friday of any month. And we would love to connect with you there. A lot of people watch us through our live stream on Facebook and then tweet as they're watching. Some of our people that used to come all the time but don't live in the area anymore actually attend virtually on a regular basis now. So you are welcome on the first Friday or the second Friday of every month to come to SMBHOU. So you can do it that way. Or you can find something in your own niche that really makes sense for you to be attending and just 
participate and then let us know how it went. And how can they let us know how it went? They can tweet us at Kimmy Chatton at Madeline Sklar or better yet, go to our Facebook group. We have the most awesome Facebook group. And if you go in there and, you know, get into the conversation with us, I promise you're going to love it. Yeah, we're really having fun in that group right now. We are. It's really starting to grow. So please come on in and uh, share with us. Oh, so that being said, one more thing I want to say is that I found out this week that you can say, well, I can say to my Google Home device, you know, those little devices that sit around listening to you. I said, okay, Google, play Communities That Convert podcast. And it played our most recent episode. That is so cool. You should make a little audio recording of that that we can play for everybody because that's pretty cool. I like to hear you say that. Does it say something like that other one talks to you? Yeah, it totally talks to you. It says, it tells you what episode it's going to be and everything. It just starts talking. Oh, you need to record that. I'll definitely do that. And then I also tried to say, play communities that convert and it played some weird song. So I'll, I'll record both things so you can see you have to say the podcast part. Okay. And for those of you listening, if you have Alexa, try it and let us know if that works. I don't have Alexa and I don't have the one you have as well, Kimmy. I'm just, I could be very techie and buy techie toys, but I've not gotten one of those yet. So, well, I have to say that I was lucky that Shashi Belakanda gave me one because I spoke at one of his, for one of his online webinars and he sent one as a thank you gift. Nice. So that is why I have one. And my kids will never let me take it out of the house. They love it. So... We are now, you know, officially Google Home people. Cool. Well, this has been a great episode, Cammie. I think we shared lots of great advice and tips, insights. Can't wait to hear from you, the listener. So please get in touch with us, whatever your favorite format is, email, Facebook group, Twitter with a tweet, whatever suits your fancy, because Cammie and I are listening to you. We'll talk to you soon. See you next week. Bye, everybody. Hey, this is Madeline, and I want to let you know you can connect with us on our website at communitiesthatconvert.com. You can get all the information in the show notes for this episode, and we also encourage you to visit us on our Twitter profiles. You can reach out to me at Madeline Sklar, that's spelled M-A-D-A-L-Y-N-S-K-L-A-R, and also to Cami. Her Twitter handle is at CamiChat, and that's spelled K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T. We look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening to the Communities That Convert podcast with Madeline Sklar and Cami Hoiza, where you learn how to build a tribe of raving fans. Stay in touch with Madeline and Cammie through their website at communitiesthatconvert.com. Communities That Convert.